For years, Slip Angle and Apex Pro have worked together to help make drivers faster. The all-new Apex Pro mobile app for iOS and Android is now available on the App Store and Google Play Store. Download the new app for free, create a user account to log as many laps as you'd like using your phone as the GPS source. Apex Pro is the app for timing your laps and logging your data at the track. With video recording and intuitive analysis features, plus the ability to easily share and compare data, Apex Pro is the best way to learn about your driving track side. Apex Pro includes leaderboards so you can see where you stack up against other users, and Apex Pro lets you see other drivers on track in real time with the Crew View feature. Upload your data easily to FireLapse to compare with drivers using other data devices. Download for iOS and Android today by searching Apex Pro New. Are you a true motorsports enthusiast seeking premium safety equipment? Do you need expert advice to make the right choice? Look no further. Go to ogracing.com. The ultimate destination for high-quality motorsports gear. OG stocks. It's not OG. OG stocks products from the largest manufacturers, including Sparco, OMP, Alpine Stars, and much more. OG Racing is offering. It's OG is offering an exclusive 15% to our listeners. Use code SLIPANGLE15 at ogracing.com during checkout. It's OG, Emma. You'll get free standard shipping on orders over $100. Don't miss out. Visit ogracing.com and use SLIPANGLE15 at checkout. That's ogracing and ogracing.com and SLIPANGLE15 at checkout. Three, two, one. I was already recording. <laughs> Abe's got the goods. Abe's got the goods. Hi, this is track walking. And a- slip angle. <laughs> we're, we're slip walking. Mm, no okay. track angle. I think, a, I think a track angle is good. Track. Slip walking sounds dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got outvoted to do our normal intro because uh, this is going to be jointly. Uh, published. We're um, we're desperate at this cool. point. It's Thursday night, and I have been up for uh, not that long yet. It's only been like I've been working fifteen hours, something like that. And yeah, so he's got a new job. He's got a new position. Well, Very I haven't desperate. started yet. That's the thing. You're desperate. Well, you-, <laughs> you called us, is what you're saying. We've been trying to do this for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we have scheduling admittedly is partially Seth's fault and then partially Abe's fault. I'm a considerate husband and that's my fault. That's yeah. You, you could choose to not be. <laughs> no, I don't think I, choices. I don't, I don't think I can choose not to be because I really like being married. So see, yeah. Abe, so, here's the fine. thing. After I listened to your, one of your last episodes i don't know what to call you now um you've really kind of thrown a wrench in like what's my name sort of thing oh yeah you can and just so, call me abe it's fine yeah i mean it, i think i called you abron for a little bit when i first met you but it's just been abe ever since i'm good with that yeah just it's shorter really is what it is and it's harder to screw up most people uh don't screw up abe that's yeah. not the weird fun. one. It's it's I'm AJ over Zoom there. For the first time. This is fun. Zoom is fun. I got this sweet ten foot long desk that I built. Is that, Scott, I'm just showing up. Is that board the board. room that you just put flooring into? Yeah. It, wait, wait, wait. Hold one. on, hold on. Um, something you should know oak? about. Yeah, I, t- I, t- I ripped a bunch of two inch oaks and then I biscuit joined them and stuff and made like a two person desk. Isn't that cool? So, 
Yeah, very cool. Uh, I did like something that was grammatic. One and my daughter ruined it. Look at she ruined. It. <laughs> well, that's just crafted. It's got a lot of crafts on it. Adam's basically giving us a tour of his dog and his various. He looks back at the dog again. I, I keep turning off the video because I think I feel like I'll I'll like fall off a blossom the dog. Because Adam can't sit still for more than two minutes. I'm just walking around. He's like a, a shark. If he stops moving, he'll die. I literally said that to my wife the other day. <laughs> All right. First topic of conversation. Adam, you guys yeah. just released the last of your um, ticket sales for the uh, year. For the most part. I think we still have to do Road America and Circuit Legends. Okay. Or no. No, and, and Lime Rock, I don't remember, but there's something coming up still. But, okay. How yeah, are you sorry. are you how are you dealing with all that? Uh it was uh it was a lot of phone calls of like how to sell things because like the law of supply and demand would dictate that we should just double our prices and see what happens, which is that feels bad and gross. Um because they're selling too fast. And I I don't actually like it. Um, right. but it ain't the worst problem to have, I suppose. So, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Do you guys have, but, have, yeah. have concerns yet about people scalping them on the secondary market? Uh, so we've got a plan in place to uh, effectively make sure that that's not, people could still get ripped off, but like, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to make it easy for, for people to double check if there's a ticket that's real. Um, and so maybe we talk about it here, but uh, a couple of people have reached out in the past week uh, with people selling tickets and asked if they are real and uh, they both have not been real. So we have, we've been trying to prevent that. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. That's a thing. That's a problem actually. So, You've gotten big enough to where people are trying to scalp your tickets. Yeah. Well, they're not scalp. They're just, they're just like, like scamming ones. People. Right. They're just scam. They're just scamming drivers. Um, so that, that is a problem. Um, so if you're trying to buy a driver ticket, it's not from somebody you know, uh, reach out to help at grid.life, or you can shoot an email to Adam at grid.life and I can double check. Um, yeah, if you don't know the person, feel free to reach out to us. If wow. you're listening and you yeah. thought, yeah. That, hey, did the That's audio... That's been a problem for years, actually. What are you going to say? Abe? Oh, I said, if you're listening and you thought the audio got a little more quiet, it's because my daughter came down to the basement and maxed out all my faders. And so they were, you oh, guys man. were peeking like crazy. So, uh, you turned you down a little bit. It was so faded. Dude. So faded. faded. You'll sound great here. Do you, you know, no- um, here. I said something on the last show and, um, I don't think that you heard me at all, or if you did, you didn't acknowledge it. At one point, I just interjected with so pitted, and Jason Kanakri messaged me earlier, like this week, and he was like, so pitted. And he <laughs> said, I, my wife didn't get it, but I had to explain it to her, and I sent her the video. Whoop. Whoop. Jason, Jason's great. He, like, he interacts with, I think, every like grid life podcast that's out there. Like, yeah. he's messaging us and always commenting about the episode and like i know he does for you guys and i i know he's, yeah, he's, the, he's dragging the 10 times gang around the country on rallies <laughs> yeah yeah he's on that show every other week now so 
I, I, I want to go on one of his rallies. The like it looks so fun. I just, Me too. Gone all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, it it does seem very gumball ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think Robbie, Robbie Beerhout went on one recently, and uh, yeah. uh, in in a separate group chat that I've been in with him and Adam and a few other buddies like Dalton for years, uh, Josh or Dino guy, um, Ryan Seiler. It's uh, like a random group chat that existed for the last five years for some reason. Um, he was posting like <laughs> police radio chatter uh, of the police looking for similar vehicles to the one he was in. And yeah, that, those things sound, they sound like they could get expensive with lawyers and tickets. But, yeah. I'm not, not no into thanks. that. No, thanks. Yeah. I'd, I'd want to, I'd want to be that guy who like really preps for a C to C run in like a silver four door sedan just with all the power to make it fun but just make it really hard to identify i never wanted to do that just do it in a minivan do it in like a tan no i mean (laughs) so i i don't claim to be an expert on the subject but i do own a minivan and uh, while they can go fast a challenge is they're also a brick and yeah, you little, need little to consider higher. like there has to be some optimum between fuel efficiency and speed. The well, the benefit of a minivan is you could put like a two hundred gallon uh, fuel tank bomb in the back. That's true. You even, could do not that. even know that it's there. <laughs> I will say my mom's uh, late mid late nineties Chrysler minivan when Montana didn't have a speed limit would arrow out at like one oh indicated like one oh six. And you could just yeah. sort of hold it there, and it did not get good mileage at that point. But uh, how? Um, what about the point. Mercedes AMG minivan? We're not going to talk about those. Oh, those they go fast. They fat. go really fast, though. <laughs> well, you you've got like literally the resident expert of the world on those, like on the show. Right? Why now. do you think I asked? No, those are <laughs> those are wicked fast uh, yeah. and like emotionally troubling. So, <laughs> another terrible minivan. Do you guys remember when Pontiac made a minivan that was called the Montana? I think, and it had a, I think it had a supercharged three point eight, like Pontiac Grand Prix GTP drive. Yeah, thing. yeah. But did it make like two hundred and thirty horsepower? Because well, yeah, but that was a ripper in ninety nine. <laughs> was that the this? What was this? Uh, the wedge shaped minivan that Chevy and Pontiac made. The Oldsmobile like silhouette. silhouette. The, the silhouette. Yeah, and, and the, I think. Chevy Lumina, it was a Lumina yeah. too. Well, no, the, I know that the Lumina was a model. Was that which one was the sedan they, of the same era? I, th- uh, I think they, so. They sold it as a, as a couple things. I think they, there might have been some other like a Buick maybe, but there's an old silhouette. Chevy sold it as like the Lumina minivan. Yeah, um, and but it, it looked like it, yeah, it looked like a dustbuster. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, those are super cool. There was one to bring a trailer recently, an old silhouette. Or bring a trailer, or cars and beds. I forget. Um, but uh, yeah, those are super cool. I just love like the the vibes of them are cool. Really go fast version that came out with those, wasn't there? Like somebody did yeah. something really cool to it. Probably. I don't know. It's a factory thing. Now I was it the Pontiac Transport? I think it was. Could be. Yeah, my favorite is the the Toyota, the Previa, the all-wheel drive supercharged Previa. Yes. Oh, I, don't, yeah. 
I don't I'm, think it was I'm that fast. The roof off of two of those. <laughs> <laughs> On paper, they're super cool. Yeah, mid-engine. It's a super. Yeah, it's basically yeah. yeah the, the Pontiac Transport had like the cool side stripes, uh, and it looked cooler than the old silhouette. Yes. Oh, dude, they had a three-spoke version. Hell yeah. God, I love three-spokes so much. Who, who didn't you guys have are a three-spoke version back in the day? Oh, man. Look at this thing towing a big old boat that it should not have any right to tow. All right. Re- used, real that's quick. the other thing. They used to let vehicles tow. Like, whatever. Well, True. They still put a hitch Europe, on it. Tow 5,000 pounds. It's fine. In Europe, you could tow like 10,000 pounds with a Jetta. <laughs> real quick, let me uh, let me get some input. Looking for my next vehicle. I've been dailying a 2015 Mazda 3, which I greatly enjoy. Um, but it's sure. basically a work truck at this point. Like it, it holds so much carpentry crap. But I really need something a little bit bigger. And I really don't want to get into like uh, Express Connect territory, yeah. although I'm considering it. So I'm looking for like, I love wagons, and I really How want. How many miles wagon. do you drive? Uh, every day I'll do at least fifty miles. Oh, okay, that's a lot. That's not. That's not nothing. If it was a four mile commute, I would say just use your van, get rid of a vehicle. Right. Um, but I also have the sneaking suspicion if this, if my express van ever sees salt, it's mm-hmm. just going to like poof and disappear. <laughs> so it's Scott, let's start with what's yeah. your budget? Uh it's gotta be under 20, much preferable under 15. You care if it sucks? Like do you actually care about living with this or do you just want it to work? So that's the thing. Like I'm getting more I, I have an idea. <laughs> I no longer care if it's a manual, but it needs yeah. to be comfortable fairly comfortable for like family long trips why family trips well because i'm not this is also your to eight hours or ten hours on i mean uh, if you're asking or saying that you don't care if it sucks have you considered a toyota matrix they're so old though that was actually they are are old um also, Abe and I have both had second-gen Honda Fits. They have a great crash test rating, and they also are enormous. They're they are enormous. They're yeah. e- here, here's the thing. I've had a Fit. They're enormous top-to-bottom-wise. You you had a first-gen. I know them. they're identical. They're the same. Right. <laughs> like, they're, they're enormous top-to-bottom-wise, but, like, I've got long shit, too. So it's like floor is almost more important to me than vertical height. I don't know. So it feels I, like the back of my fit is 12 feet long. I'm not I mean, sure so I've why don't you just get a minivan then? Cause it's a minivan. I don't know. No, like I'm, it's fine. Minivans are great. Dude. You can put a four by eight sheet of plywood in an Odyssey. Yeah, yes, you can. And you, it's, you can really what you easily want. put uh 10 foot boards inside. If not 12, if you're really like, you know, on it. If you yeah, if you if you want to buy a new windshield, potentially. <laughs> Dude, but, I've had no, six, but ten foot is easy. I've had sixteen footers in the Express before. Yeah, but that's a full size van. I You're know, saying you don't want that up to the windshield and then across the seats to the back window. Sixteen. I carry, 
fit. I carried 16 footers in my first generation Odyssey, but I couldn't quite close the tailgate. And I did also no. pull the front passenger seat out for that. There's part. there's no way you're putting 16 footers in the van, but you're almost putting it. No. So yeah, I'm I'm considering like a TSX wagon, uh, which I've always had a soft spot for. The trans- Those are super car. rare. Yeah. yeah, the transmissions suck, but I'm again I'm kind of getting over that because it's just going to be a daily. And then I'd have the same engine as your race car. Exactly, I'd have a spare engine for the race car. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like you'd have a spare engine for your daily. Uh, yes. Why not both? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why not? How both? much room do those really have in them? Because TSX is that big inside. No, they're they're like pretty big, but they're not huge. It's like it's 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 a mid-sized wagon. It's not a tiny wagon, but it's mid-sized. It'll be pretty big. I've got. I've got I don't these. think it's gonna be that much bigger than his than his Mazda three. No, really. it's probably gonna be ten percent bigger inside. Now yeah. I, I here are the numbers. My Mazda three has twenty cubic feet um with the seats up and forty-seven with it down. The TSX wagon has thirty-two with the seats up and sixty-six with it down. Well, that's pretty good size. So, like fifty percent more. Is that enough? Percent more. I th- I think so. Yes. Hmm. I really don't want anything German because the German. You know, it's Google, it's a Google shame. Odyssey and, it's, Google and Odyssey and tell me what they have. I, it's Odyssey probably like one hundred and fifty. Yeah, it's gonna be two hundred percent more than your Um I know that the reliability is like never. dubious, but given your use case, a Pacifica or something would be a good Dude. choice because stow and go seats are awesome. Yeah. Stow and go yeah. seats are, are really amazing. Good. They're really good. My mom has a Pacifica. I'm not sure how I feel about owning this. I, I wouldn't want to own one long term, but every time we fly to California, I try to rent a Pacifica because Pacificas are incredible. It's, it's well, you you said place. that you need it to be utilitarian, both to move things and in other cases, people. The ability to to configure the seats easily is amazing. You can take the seats out of Ashley's Odyssey in the in the mid row, um, but they're heavy and they're a pain in the ass. Yes. Yeah. Chrysler yeah. has always had the lock on minivan seating configuration. Yeah. Ever since Stone Go was released in the early 2000s. Dude, that I think it was late 90s. Even. Yeah, it was, was late 90s. It I, I'm, I'm going to expose myself to to ridicule. I'm pretty sure that's patented um because if it wasn't someone would have copied it already. God, there's kind of fit kind of does it though. That's the It's thing. not the it same Kind of does it. Well, here's the thing, though. The fit, honestly, got it from the PT Cruiser. I'm. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah the the PT Cruiser rear seats were dope. You could lay both back seats, the front seat, and put the parcel shelf to the same height and have yeah. a completely flat surface. Or once the back seats are folded flat, you can flip them up so you'd have that vertical space, and then you could <laughs> I think take. We them found out. your problem. Uh, Guys, solved. I think I have an idea. I want to Let's buy get my PT Cruiser back is what I'm yeah, trying to Yeah, dude, 400 wheel, you'll never get to the job site. Oh, <laughs> you could get the one that has the uh, the SRT4 motor in it, right? That's that's no, Scott's background. That that's my old car. Why it did you get rid of that? I be, 
because I was trying to grow up and it was for sale for like three and a half grand a few months ago. And I haven't stopped thinking about it. Yeah, it literally was for sale. Like, the same yeah, one? for sale last year. The same one. Like, I know the guy. What did I you sell it for? Probably three and a half. Dang. Yeah. No, it's really. got five-speed jet track. The turbo 2.4 liter and my it still has my custom made cross braces for the back. Like it's dope. I mean, you gotta get in on that. Yeah, like we shouldn't have this conversation until you confirm whether that's available. I feel like the first choice. I feel like that's worth just having that is worth three and a half thousand dollars. Even if it doesn't address any of your needs, it's only three and a half thousand bucks. I my I have dreams of either of doing like street in a PT cruiser just for shits and giggles. Like running in street class? Yeah. Well, yeah, you've been talking about needing make? a backup car for track stuff. Doug anyway, Wynn like, made like <laughs> 700 in his neon. So, well, stock. Well, yeah, but I'm a stock turbo. You could do a stock. I mean, now that they're all going to restrictors, right? Well, no, they're they're going to basically last year's rules, and if you have aftermarket turbos that don't meet last year's rules, they are 40 mile restricted. Okay. Wait, so you can kind of do a lot of things. They were 16G turbos, right? Mostly, yeah. You could make with E85, I bet you could make 350, 320 to 350 wheel and more torque. Oh, yeah. They're like crushers yeah, on torque, a, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, that was a super torquing motor. Yes. Yeah, always made. I made two ten wheel with like two forty two fifty torque. It was monster, and the only transmission the SRT four didn't have a transmission that could reliably do that. So, what was different about that transmission? That was a Getrag something. Was it like a bespoke thing, or was it out of something else? That was before I could really connect the dots. Um, I think it was fairly bespoke. I don't think anything else really used it. But the uh, the SRT four third gear is what would usually die on those, which was really yep. money gear. But it was geared differently for sure too. It's just a heavier duty transmission. It doesn't shift quite as great, but the the yeah. Hurst short throw shifter at the time was kind you of you got a Hurst short throw in the Dude, PT I, Cruiser I had, with the SRT shift boot because Dang. it had that carbon fiber <laughs> look. I had SRT four Viper seats in this thing. Sick. Oh my God. You need this car. I, Again. I can't I'm even imagine how bad a shape and how messed up that car is. I think you're okay. Here's the thing though. Abe. He took the car. He completely tore down the engine, replaced all the seals. Like he actually like, wait, so this is a person who knew what they were doing and cared for this car. He, he's from the old PT crew. Okay. So, so then was, you have to buy it. PT crew is so good. And I know I've said that before. What a great form. It's great. It's uh, great. Speaking of the forum, are you guys forming? I've been very busy and I haven't. Are you on the forum? I was just on there today. I'm, I form a little bit. I'm working on forming. I I, can, I keep an eye Shout on it. Shout out to the uh, Tractune Forum brought to you by Yaw Speed. Yeah. Go. Forum, forums.tractune.com. Yeah. Go you can post. find it by going to tractune.com. Click on forums. Yeah. What? I need to do the, more uh, pit bike stuff over there to annoy people. The, like PT Crew is such a great forum name. It's. 
I don't know if there's a better one. It's fantastic. And good group of people. The uh, was that forum really big back in the day when that car was super hot? Yeah, I think it it was ever super hot. That car had a had a call following, dude. Dude, it did. Um, it was PT Cruiser Links and PT Crew were the two main forums. Wait, there were two forums? There, there were more, but those were the two massive ones. Damn. PT, PT Cruiser Links kind of became a really weird place. So PT Crew kind of became the place. But PT Crew started out just as like the people who wanted to make their cars go faster, not just like what tacky stuff could be screwed or like glued onto the car and so we like did a few like super deep dives i've did this huge resource on how to route your vacuum (laughs) based on like what turbo and boost controller and stuff you were running um all this nonsense they made 1.35 million pt cruisers that's so many yeah yeah i I'm stunned they made that many. It, they they ran for ten years. Yeah, the worst part about those cars were the stupid front control arm bushings that would always eat themselves. So, well, I mean, that's a Chrysler staple is front end suspension bushings across yeah. every Chrysler I've ever worked. On. Do you guys still see those in the wild up north? Because I don't. Yeah, see they're, them. they're still here by me. I they're, don't I, think that I've seen a PT Cruiser in a really long time. I saw one six hours ago. I saw an electric blue one today, and I say electric blue because that is the color my car was, and I like it very much. Is it still for sale? Because, like, you should just pony up and buy it. I may. Dude, let's build a work truck, dude. Build it. The problem. Build it. Yeah, the, the, the problem, like, with the cruiser is, like, it's not that much more space than what I have. It would be irrelevant. It would make you happy every day. Uh, and... <laughs> it, it might it might well it would make you happy until you went outside and you're like why is this thing not starting and, why is this and thing then you s- knocking? so wait did uh did your pt did cruiser they, they didn't have um mufflers on it. it was resonators only wasn't it no for the pt cruiser they did have a muffler chop that and- shit off didn't you Oh yeah, I had a three-inch turbo back. No, like with a, a hell yeah. I think I had a high flow cat, and that was it. It sounded dope, and it popped yeah. on cell really. Oh loud. man, yeah, you're bringing me back, dude. Excited. You're bringing me back to the pop on diesel, dude. Tur- the turbo Dodges and turbo Chevys of that day were just. Fast and Furious time, man. It was good. It, it was they were like they were literally like a they were a great reaction to like the early two thousands yep. movie to like the first and second Fast and Furious. Like Dodge and Chrysler were like, "Yo, let's make that," and they did. And they were actually like pretty good cars, like supercharged and turbo Cobalt and stuff, and then like the SOTs and this weird ass like nineteen thirties looking wagon they built. Like, what the heck? Like, and then that designer went to Chevy, designed the Chevy HHR, HHR, yeah. HHR SS. Yep. Those yeah. I see driving around more than I see PT cruisers now. I, what about the, um, what's yeah, the, what's the, yeah, but they sold like stupid pickup that Chevy made. What's that one? The SSR? Is the, SSR? I saw an SSR the other day and I was like, uh-huh. ew. 
Well, there's that, one, that that, like one around Camaro me with a drive tra- yeah. There's one around like, me with a trailer hitch on it. It's like the ball is like used. You can tell the dude actually tows stuff with it. It's the weirdest. It's like thing. the dumbest vehicle that doesn't have a use. It's like a <laughs> truck with no headroom. Similarly, I, I saw a Prowler the other day. And I was like, what what a missed opportunity. That car could have been so cool. I I would love to have Scott's opinion on the problem. Like, what's your thoughts and what would you change? And do you think they're dope? Okay, I have. Yes, I have thoughts. So. First of all, Prowler, I think, <laughs> is still an amazing looking car. Like it right. turns if you see one out in the wild, which rarely happens, like you stop and you look at that thing go by. Yeah. First side bit is the front wheels were the same bolt pattern that fit on a PT cruiser. And I was this close from buying four front wheels <laughs> of Prowler and putting them on my PT because I were thought the back go. wheels different bolt pattern. I know they're different size. Yeah, they were like 20, the fronts were 17s, 17 yeah. by 7s. The rears were like 20, I think it was a 20. 1s by No way. They were Yeah, it was no one of the way. it, was, it yeah. was like the biggest wheel uh, like like diameter wise at the time, I believe. It was like one of the first 20s. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to Now I got to find it. Why am I 20 inch so rear, 10 inch wide? Front? Yeah, so yeah, seven, that's amazing. seven and a half fronts, 20 by 10 in the rear. And what year is this? This is like 97? Yes, because I, mean, I did go visit the factory in Detroit with my dad, who was a Chrysler dealer at the time. Oh, that's cool. The first year that they were making Prowlers alongside Vipers. So they were being handmade, and we saw pallets of rejected body panels because it was the first body panel that was made completely out of aluminum for Chrysler and they were yeah. having some QC issues. I mean, but, I, I know that probably packaging would have been difficult, but a Prowler with a Viper motor would have been the ticket. That car would have been legendary. I do. Even if they, even if they put like a three eighteen, like a, what was that? The five point five, five, two. Yeah, they, that was like a truck motor. If they just yeah. put an aluminum truck motor in that thing, it would have been. It would have sounded cool. They weren't slow, but like they no. weren't fast either. Well, so they just looked so fast. So the first year they made only purple. Yeah. Um, and so when we visited, they they were only about to release all the cars. So we went into a warehouse and saw like ninety percent of the world's prowlers in this one warehouse space and over in the far corner, we got a little glimpse of something yellow and they quickly diverted our attention elsewhere. It turned out that <laughs> was the second year, the color that they came out with for the second year. The second year was like a, a gold pearl thing, right? Yeah, it was it got your attention. Um, yeah. So I, I think they look great. The rear transaxle was certainly strange but the most tragic thing to be honest the v6 at the time would have been fine it's that terrible four-speed four speed overdrive yeah. auto shift thing so, that they had that was the worst part about that i I, I think i my opinion is that it suffered an identity crisis problem and that is 
you made a car that looks like a hot rod and then you didn't make it a hot rod. It like that was the SSR too, the truck. They mm-hmm, put right. yeah. Put a V eight with a but a crap V eight with a crap transmission. I mean, all motors I think of that era were shitty. So like yeah. what what um so the the V eight swap became popular with those. Yeah. Yeah. They um, put Hemi's in them. Yeah, you put Hemi's in them, you take off those weird front bumper things that kind of break up the lines, but you needed to to pass all your tests with and you make uh vroom vroom noises yeah it looks like like people there's a bunch of them that people put hemis in yep and then you buy uh at the time is like a eight thousand dollar trailer that looks like the back half oh of yeah, yeah i've seen those behind your prowler prowler's got a prowler because it, for as big as that boot lid was and it was big there there much was, like a briefcase worth of width because yeah, you can you can go golfing with right prowler. yeah man what a weird what a my, weird my rabbit hole was, we've gone down my cousin was so obsessed with prowlers in 96 when they like when the images got released he was so into them and i was like it's a v6 in an auto dude you, like what's wrong with you are you ready to hear the most 90s thing you've ever heard so uh, my, yeah your pictures because my dad was a Chrysler dealer and he loved me very much. I had my pictures taken. He drove, uh, I think I drove the Prowler out and drove the Viper back and he drove the other. And I went and had my pictures taken out in the middle of a field. Wait, you've got senior pictures somewhere with a Prowler. Yes. Can you find them so that we can put one post on Instagram? Yeah, it has yeah. to be the picture for the show. It has to be. Seriously. I, I think I've got like my conch shell necklace. Oh, dude. And dude, you yeah, you would look girl. great with a puka shell. Oh, dude. I like spike like the spikes like kind of gross hair and I might might have had frosted tips at the time. I don't know. Hell yeah, no yeah. wonder you moved to Florida. Like it all makes sense now. Oh my god. I, I never like Scott's like half a year older than me, and I never frosted tips. I never changed my hair color, but I definitely had a puka shell necklace. Yeah, you, you almost had to at that point. Listen to yeah, Incubus. And, you know where? Yeah, you... I was more of a Lincoln Park guy. Later Sames. on, yeah. Still glad I'm older. I'm, than sti- the I'm still into Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park still rules, but one day out of thirty days. <laughs> yeah, I've got the date. For some reason, they called all the hard rock of that era new metal, and I only found this out like a year ago. Is um, it spelled N-U? Like it is. Yeah. And I do listen to that playlist every couple weeks or so. Still, still gets me going. You crazy kids! I listen so. uh, when I'm at the gym. If I'm whatever I'm doing, if I'm just listening to music, most of the time it's Rage Against the Machine. Most of the time. So good. Well, you, um, you're sitting have you ever gone on the What? Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to tell Seth. He's sitting over there judging us because he's like, I'm so glad I'm older than you. What was your thing, Seth? What did you look like when you were prepubescent? I had long hair from the time I was like 16. And by the time I was in college, it was I wore it in a braid that was like all the way down to my belt. 
Fantastic. And so I was a hippie climber dude who listened to like happy punk. Like Rancid was the hardest punk that I listened to, and all the other stuff was like from Rancid I through to ska. Loved Rancid. Loved like, Rancid. Yeah, like I was I'm still a huge Rancid fan, but like if you went there to like the lighter stuff, add some horns to it, make it ska, mustard plug, like nope. I went like, to so many mustard plug shows, dude. <laughs> I only went to two. I went to when they I went they to came. like seven or eight of them, and I yeah, so many Punkorama like CDs, like all the Punkoramas. But I was I was into all kinds. That was good stuff. But I was like this weird hippie climber guy who listened to punk, and it was uh, all my yeah. friends listened to Fish, and uh, I just couldn't I couldn't quite get into that. Yeah, you're you're just alternative enough from the mainstream. I that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's, what, it was, what did the clothes look like? What was your what was your vibe? I was like weirdly enough, I was wearing flannel like right before it got cool because I was into I got this idea that I really liked like 1940s and 1950s deer hunting culture, like post World <laughs> War II deer hunting culture. Yeah. And I was like super into like what it was like to hunt during that time and like like the old lever action guns and all that stuff so i actually started wearing flannel shirts when i was in like a freshman sophomore in high school and got mocked relentlessly for them and i was like no i know who i am so oh, then, out of your time. Seth yeah and the, the hipster it was cool before yeah we... seth walked into into high school with like a remington 3030 like a lever action henry rifle 100 would have done that <laughs> this is a knife I'm going to share then, my uh, my hot take. This is a non sequitur, but I'm going to share my hot take about the word hunting. I, I uh, having lived much farther north with you, Michiganders, um, everyone around us hunts, and I just had a really hard time accepting the use of that word. If by hunt you mean sit in a tree and wait, hunt is an active word, like. Can we, it, it, yeah, I don't, I, I don't have a moral objection with, uh, uh, shooting animals and eating them, but let's just call it shooting, right? Like, uh, if you are running down and tracking an animal with a knife, um, on your feet, that sounds like hunting to me. You might also like be looking for the words like stalking. Sure. Hunting. But you're, you're, uh, I think you might be putting too much. Too much uh, thought into what hunting is, <laughs> well, but it is an active word. It seems like an active word, but it might be a sedentary and patient. Like the activity of hunting might be the patience of hunting. Yeah, since prehistoric times, it has been. There's been an aspect of it that's like sit here and wait for somebody, something to walk close to me, because that's way easier. Uh, or you than chase walking close to the thing. Yeah, yeah. You chase something, or you sit and wait, and you sneak up on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It's I, what I grew I'm, up in. You guys, you're all Midwestern enough. Like you are at least familiar with the culture. I was just for sure. You know, like I was one of the kids who had their bow in the back of their car because I was going hunting after school. That so it, it is certainly not not the same way here where I am, at least in the city in, in Kentucky. But everyone in Michigan uh, up in Midland, like most of the especially the blue collar folks, like 
everyone took off the the start of deer hunting season. Everyone's took off the start of turkey season and like whatever. It was just just culture. Yep. You were the weird person that you did. Tractor day. Mm, Not in Midland. Not really. But yeah, that's my side story. Well, uh, the thing that I was going to say a second ago, because we were talking about like Lincoln Park and Incubus, um, and I just found this weird rabbit hole the other day because I'm randomly a weird big Lincoln Park fan. Is there's a bunch of Lincoln Park conspiracies? You can't say randomly. Like everyone was a Lincoln Park fan. It's I listened. No, I'm randomly like I'm randomly a fan because I listen to it about two hours a week. I listened to the Jay Z Lincoln Park collaboration last week. Yeah, uh, dude, 2005 at its best, right there. But if if you want to go down a weird conspiracy uh, rabbit hole, there's a there's a lot of people that think that, and I think he's our new and like global energy czar. But he was also like a big Clinton advisor, John Podesta. That they there's a lot of people that swear that that John Podesta, who's a big political figure even to this day, yeah. was Chester Bennington's dad and had him killed because he was investigating child trafficking uh, along with Chris Cornell. And it's a crazy conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. And and also, if you want to look up Chester Bennington and John Podesta and tell me that that's not his dad, then I'll call you a liar. Because dude, hmm. that I'm doing it right now. Dad. Jester Bennington, John Podesta, that's definitely his dad. <laughs> it's if, wild, if dude. If you're listening to this episode, you're about to get some strange things on Facebook. Dude, it's a, it's a, it's a, I mean, I'm not a crazy conspiracy guy, but like I randomly found yes, this video. No, yes, you like, are. Don't, don't excuse no, yourself. No, but like I randomly found a video watching Lincoln Park videos that was like Chester Bennington didn't kill himself. He was whacked. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Clinton <laughs> body count. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? But dude, that dude looks just like Chester Bennington. Hey, I mean, you, he doesn't. You confirm I'm not going to look this one up right now. Yeah, don't don't pollute your Google browser. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that I, in my search. Now, I'm, now I'm in the depths of Reddit, so. No oh. good. No good can come from this. No, it goes. It goes deep, dude. It goes deep. Better than like 4chan or something. Man, but yeah, John Podesta looks just like Chester Bennington, and dude, Chester Bennington, one of the greatest frontmen of all time of any band. Yeah, I always appreciate I, that that lead singer of Incubus, Brandon. I forget his last name. Like his yeah. singing voice is just magical. Voice yeah, he's angel. pretty good too. Pretty good. So nice to listen to. That's yeah. that's what we should do, like for the weirdest podcast that we've ever done, and probably you've ever done. Yeah. So. I've, I've, it I might be for, the first time we've talked about prowlers on the show, which is a shame. Hundred percent, it is a shame for for we've the been blowing it. Y'all not be named. We should like you should theme it every year. I know it's like about a certain manufacturer and whatnot, but like we should have like hunt like late nineties culture show up. Just have like a new metal theme. Just like, like, yeah, dude, a new metal Honda mate would be rad. That would be dope. Basically, (laughs) Radwood, but at Gingerman. Yeah, Bart from Radwood called me the other day, actually. We should probably do a Radwood with him. Not so subtle flex there, Adam. Thanks for that. 
What? There's no, there's nothing to be gained by saying that you know Art from Red. <laughs> You're like, oh, I only talk to T Pain sometimes. I don't talk to T Pain <laughs> at all. Chris does. Art from Redwood is not T-Pain. He's just a dude from San Francisco that now uh, works for Haggerty. Oh. Oh, Semi-related re- semi to Redwood, like driving my kid home from school the other day, pulling out of the high school parking lot was a super, super clean uh, CRX, like lowered, huh. nice wheels, brace seats in it with just a high schooler driving it. And I was like, what? How did you turn out like that? How do I you hope it wasn't st- yellow. Tell me it wasn't yellow. It was black. Okay, because if it was it yellow, that kid's going to die soon. That's no, a- I mean, clearly repainted. But no, he's probably going to die anyway. Like, I mean, we, well, we all yellow, know the Yellow is cursed. Y- Y49 yellow is cursed. But, I, I mean, we I did the math with somebody. And they rattle canned it. No, no, I did the math matter. with somebody, and that would be doesn't like for, for me when I was in high school, driving something from like 1962. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. I love that people still do that. Like kids, kids think that those things are, are cool, random. But I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Y49 curse. Every Y49 yellow CRX eventually will will get crashed. It, even if you repaint it, mine was mine. My race car was a Y49 car, and it had been crashed so many times. And I was like, dude, I think this car isn't cursed. It loves being a race car. It loves it. And I sold it. And the next owner put it in the wall at the kink at Road American, bent the shit out of it, turned it into a banana. Yeah. I didn't hear that. I do have a friend who owned a uh, Mazda Speed. Honor by Yellow. I had a friend who owned a, a Mazda Speed Miata, and he owned the whatever, the dark red thing. And he said, there's no silver ones left because that dark gray that they painted the Mazda Speed Miatas is invisible. And so they all got driven into. <laughs> oh, that makes sense, actually. I had a buddy that had one of those, and he got into a bunch of fender bends. The dark, dark, dark gray. Yeah, you can't see it. Like it's yeah. an invisible color. Is that that is would that actually that make some sense? The Delta Wing when they painted it chrome and they tried to race it against all these massive cars, and they're like, "Oh, there's no car here." <laughs> Everybody yeah, drove into it. that car. <laughs> yeah, nobody saw that poor car. Can you imagine being in the Delta Wing, like trying to be around like LMP cars and like? gtd style cars back in the day i kind of want to get a hold of one of those and just put it in unlimited class like i think it'd be a lot of fun i mean they they work i don't know how they work but they do work Um, it it was such a cool like i love seeing people go racing with these crazy different ideas the um the nissan looks stupid the nissan lmp car was another the front engine design oh yeah yeah. With the yeah. tunnels that they put through those, like, I mean, didn't have enough money or development time, but like that was really different. I just thought it was cool. Yeah, the uh, the GTP cars and stuff nowadays, they, they all kind of look the same, even though they don't, but they do. Like, yeah, style is the thing. So uh, here's my... The box tighter is all. Did anyone watch the 24-hour? Because the last time I watched, I watched the, the 24-hour... The uh, the commercial to broadcast ratio was backwards. It was better this year, but and at least there was more than two commercials. But it was still a lot. I did not. I watched. Uh, I watched the four hour that Tom raced in. Yeah, and that and the spec or the MX, global MX five races. 
I heard the end of the Global MX5 race was wild. I didn't see it. Both, it both of them. Is. Both of them were wild, and I swear to God, they talk about money more than racecraft during the announcing. Really. Yeah, they're they're always talking about the prize money, and they're like, "Oh, he just got a fifth position. That gives him this much more money." And it's, it's freaking gross. <laughs> Not to mention they, they, they're just beating the hell out of it, like they're using each other to help slow them down going into the one. The, uh, the dude who I think won uh, has has literally uh, to get to get position has rolled over previous guests of our podcast uh on in SCCA races, Gresham Wagner. He's rolled over uh Greg and me, who has yep. been on our show a bunch of times. Um yeah, real aggressive, uh kind of wild. But yep. that's it's the nature of that series though. Around the world there's always a couple series like that. I knew a guy whose son was racing Formula Four in Mexico because you could race it when you were younger there. You could brace it like fifteen. And there was no age regulations like there are in the U.S. And he said it was just like 25 rich guys with way more money than skill. And he said it was just bumper cars and Formula 4 cars. So you never got a chance to really race because they were all just breaking wings off each other. That sounds so so terrible. It does. Like, it doesn't sound fun to me. Well, they're spending like $15,000 a weekend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's probably it's probably in the low end too. That's yeah. Deep. It doesn't sound like racing. It's it sounds like uh, it just it just sounds like a spending war. Like you're just outspending, and if you can outlast and have the best equipment and like buy enough people to fix your crap, like you can exist until the end of the season. Yep. Yeah, that sounds like no fun at. Yeah, I they they released the. Um like the helmet cam of the winner, I think from the first race and Lee, like coming onto the front straight on the next to last lap, he was fully crossed up after having received a bump draft <laughs> into turn one. fully crossed up, had to go all the way down onto the apron to catch it. Oh, I've done that. I did that one time. Carried on. It's not a fun place to be fully side. Yeah, listening to you and Houghton a, a while ago talk about that. That was I still like watching that that video that was made. That video was really well done. The Gears and Gasoline guys did. Or actually it was just Asian Ben was there. It wasn't uh it wasn't white Ben, but uh he, he did a great job editing the video. And yeah, it was cool. Champ Car thought it was the coolest thing. Trump car at the time, I think. Maybe they were called Champ Car. Biggest regret I, of my involvement with grid life is not going to that. I was so crossed up. I was so crossed up my second lap going around Daytona because they had put the wrong size tire with the, a broken brake rotor and I had to pump the brakes up and then they locked all four and I had a way bigger tire in one side than the other of the front. And I don't know how I didn't bend that car. I really don't. It was like maybe the luckiest like instinct save ever. It's, it was not talent. It was just pure luck. <laughs> is there anybody is there anybody making long form videos anymore like the gears and gasoline guys did or is that just sort of an art form that's turned purely commercial it does seem like the 20 minute video and the more pov style versus the like documentary style like it just gets better hits nowadays on youtube but 
Yeah, uh, it's pretty rare. It's kind of bummer. Actually, Adam and I, this week, following some discussion, I think we talked about it on the last show, Adam and I both watched the introduction to the... Uh, uh, the, the 2018? The Time Attack video where Houghton talks about the obsession of Time Attack. Yeah, it's called the obsession of Time Attack. The, the 2018 Gears and Gasoline videos are still some of my favorite to go They're back so good. The recap videos and things like that. They were uh, the road, road Atlanta, um, where, where Houghton does the intro and we just talked about it on the show where he does the intro basically like, okay, if you're going to be at this level, it's going to ruin your life. Like it's every minute of the day. Uh, and that's like the best line. It is like, it's every minute of the day, even if it's not ruining your life, like this hobby can, it's pretty much every minute of your day in some way, shape or form. So, it's in the back it's it's that earworm back of your head so what he said that i think resonates a lot is uh would i say or he said something to the effect of like would i say i'm obsessed yeah i don't i don't mean to be yeah well that's the thing about obsessed people you don't like you don't get into it to be obsessed yeah he says like you have to be obsessed you can't have other hobbies it's like you go to work of the day and you time attack and it never ends it really never ends and that's that's like that's how i feel about like this accidental job that i have called grid life it never really ends like that's the thing that i hate about it i can understand why like postal workers like once in a while get fed up and going up go up and like shoot up the postal office like i'm not going to shoot anybody up but like yeah, it never stops. So I, it's kind of I hard. You're I never don't done with that project. Any lip service, so I'm not going to say the name of the video, but my least favorite video series was the the video guys who followed around a particular GLTC duo. Ah, they they, they made, made they made pretty videos. They were pretty. They were pretty, but, to watch, but created drama. Yeah, there was a it was a fake reality show. Yeah, especially like they were actually taking it out to pitch it as a reality show. That was right. Yeah. So, Adam, I want to expand on this, like this this working grid life thing. It's I get the impression that you're like it's something you can't quit. Like even if you're like, I don't want to. I don't want my life to be like this. Anymore. I don't like, think that can't. Adam has quit anything in his life ever. I haven't, unfortunately. But yeah, are you? Tr- are you? <laughs> I, Blink I, if so, you need help is what I feel like. <laughs> so, I, I have my video off right now. Actually, I, I, Blink I, twice if you're in trouble. I uh, think so. I. Go ahead, Abe. Uh, I, yeah. I think what I should say is I am actually most surprised, and I'm not saying this to like diss you. I am surprised that Sarah was not your first girlfriend. Like at Sarah some point, was you... my, Sarah was Sarah was my first girlfriend. Oh, but no, but you dated someone I, else. Like I just had other girlfriends, and then I got Sarah back. No, see that's that's really strange though, right? Because there was a period of time where you quit something. Yeah, well, no, they they broke up with me, and I got them back. Oh, there you <laughs> I go. Got her, I got I got her back. <laughs> so yeah, it, it is actually true. I probably never really quit anything, um, but uh, there are a lot of days where 
I come home from, so, I mean, for listeners that don't, don't look, don't listen to slip angle or whatever that I, I, I work full time for grid life, basically from my phone. I wake up in the morning, I work out for about a half an hour. I do grid life for an hour. I go to my other job, which is managing a small construction company with my dad, trying to escort him to retirement. Um, and while I do that, I am typically working full time for grid life. Also, uh, I'll swing hammers for 10 minutes and I'll do grid life for five or do them simultaneously. I'll ban conference, a lot of conference calls in a company like this, like a ton of them. Um, so I've, you know, I'm pretty much on a conference call many hours a day, most days. And then I come home and I jump on Basecamp or Slack or email and just do that for a couple hours. Um, and also, how many years ago did we start slipping a podcast? We started in 2015. Yeah, maybe. Was it? End, I think it might have been end of 14. Could have been. Uh, uh, yeah. Might have been 15. I think it was 15. Um, but we've also done this side hustle and tracktune.com, um, which is basically a, it's a, an, it's like a, a, a moon that orbits the grid life world for the most part, as far as like what I do with it. Um, so it's this sanctioning body that I co-founded effectively on accident. Um and if I, I, like, if I was given the chance, and I'm working my way towards, obviously, being in our office more, I'm not at our office that much, because it's also like an hour through the depths of Chicago traffic to get there. But I'm working my way towards being in the office more than one day every two weeks or whatever I'm at there now. Um, but I'm fully engaged as much as I can. But it's just a lot of mental, it's like a lot of mental stress when you come home and you've been doing these two completely different things all day and you have to like flip back and forth. And it, it feels like, you know, that strobe light of a rave, like that's what, that's what it feels like mentally often. And I, it's not good for you. And I would recommend anybody do it. Um, but I also haven't found a way out of it, but off season is different uh, than like during the season. I'm at the events. I'm, I'm the one who like runs the racetrack for the most part and manages the team that runs the racetrack. So I, I'm one of, I've only ever missed one event ever. In, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to th think though. I've been like, tracks for 21 years now. But your, your attention span, like your ability to like focus on one thing at any given time, like when you have, Let's let's pretend you don't have anything to do for 10 minutes. Like, yeah. does the sound of your own head seem like a stranger or can you just literally not sit still? I I can't recall the last time that I didn't do something. Except for like driving my family to and from Florida for vacation. Right. I can't recall the last time that I didn't do something. Most of the time I'm driving all or I'm, you know. I'm using that also, um, but uh, sounds like I that to addictive behavior too, like something that it's not good. It's not good. I, mean, I have addictive personality also, but I also I try to make an hour in the night to like watch a show with Sarah a few nights a week with my wife. The but yeah, it's it's not an easy thing to manage. Yeah, realistically, like it, and it's, it's also not fun. Yeah, it, it seems like you would have to instead of doing the 
I'm going to relax and clear my mind that you're that that type of thing would just lead you to search for distractions rather than can you imagine Adam in a yoga class? That's the thing. Like I'm, I'm even him around a campfire with this family, not able to like really sit down or think or like clear his mind at all. It's been a very, and that's the thing I don't like is it's been a very populated mind for the past, especially five or six years. Um, I'm going to watch it. Like, also, how wrong it would probably feel for you to like try to meditate for five minutes. Like, you'd be sitting there and like just literally have, what to do. I've, I've tried that because of the the discomfort of uh, of like being me. It, it's a high level of discomfort. There's loud geese in the background. Yeah. All right, guys, yeah. we've, we've been at this about an hour. I would uh, suggest yeah. if you're up for it, keep recording. But I'm going to go try and put my daughter to bed, and uh, I'll come back in a little while. And if we're still recording, then I'll jump back in. If not, yeah. then I'll leave. stop. Are you going to leave uh, Are you going to leave yours recording in? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll just leave, like, Zoom open. All right, cool. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is a high level of discomfort. Like, it's... Uh, um, it's also probably, it's been the thing that's probably kept me going more in the past few years because not to like harp on any of my BS, but like the past 15 years haven't actually been fun. I like dug my parents and stuff out of like a giant construction bill or construction company debt uh, from the 08 crisis and uh, didn't make any money for a long time and worked like my motto always was to outwork them all. Um, and then about a year ago, I felt like I, I was going to come to the point where, where it was like, okay, you could either keep doing this or you could kill yourself or both because we're not having any fun. Um, so I started changing some of my dietary habits and my exercise habits are, are ramped way up. And I'm like trying to just be stronger so that I can keep outworking them all. And, uh, yeah, so consolidation of jobs needs to happen a little bit. Yeah, I need to, I need to invite you to my cottage where oh, like I would not nothing happens. Yeah, there was one. There was one weekend where we went. We, we went camping one weekend down in Tippecanoe's National State Park in Indiana, mm-hmm. and there was no internet. Um, and it was a couple of years ago, and this is like before, probably three years ago, before everything was even as crazy as it is and busy as it is. And and like it was about a it was like a bad hour of like I can't do anything I can't I can't do anything it was a bad hour yeah and then after that it was pretty great <laughs> yeah it, it's not the worst thing in the world not having any internet service but it is a it's a rough transition from your daily life of being connected and now we've got like you know six seven eight full-time employees mostly full-time employees and we're like dealing with sales team all the time and right now we're in the middle of a contract negotiation with like 12 13 racetracks like all in the same week we're trying to like get better insurance for the sanctioning body for festivals we're locking music for festivals uh, there's just a lot of things swirling around. We're trying to like sell partnership to make this thing get paid for because we still sell our tickets for 
cheap enough that like it wouldn't pay the bills if it was just based on driver and spectator behavior um, and ticket sales. But yeah, it's just a lot. So well, it's just a different, it's, it's a life that I wouldn't wish on anybody, but also it just feels completely normal. Just the, the comparison I'll draw is that Seth and I have talked frequently about his um, seasonal change in his lifestyle and how you just described, you know, that it took you like an hour in Lake Tippecanoe to like kind of get it. I think yeah. Seth would argue it takes two to three weeks oh, yeah. sure, for sure, really like yeah. truly settle into the change in location, responsibility load. It's, uh, I, I don't ever have a desire to retire. I have a desire to not have a smartphone. That's literally like my life's goal is to not have a smartphone and to not be plugged in. Have you seen the new dumb phones that they actually sell? I have not. No. Yeah. They're like, they're out there. They're not smart phones that they can receive and send texts and phone calls. And like, that's it. You don't get Facebook. You don't get Instagram. You can't. Facebook and Instagram are a thing that I basically had to cut myself off of because right. it was they they were they were the useless part of that busy time, you know? Like you get in that habit of going on to Facebook every, you know, first three minutes an hour or whatever, or you're sitting on the toilet or you're sitting for lunch or you're after dinner and just go on those useless things. Um and so largely I cut those out, um, mainly by like I deleted them for a while and it turns out you actually can't delete Facebook. Like it doesn't, I don't know. I don't know if you can. I accidentally logged into it about a year ago when I was jumping onto the grid life Facebook to like change a typo that I had been alerted to, even though I don't, I don't go on that very often either. And it turns out I was like, my profile still existed after not going on it for a year and a half. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't go on it very, I think I've made two posts in a year or like a couple of likes or something, but Mainly the messenger. Yeah, it's it's Facebook Messenger, which is just text messaging, it's the same thing. But right. Um yeah, it's uh it ain't not I mean, I'm sick of talking about myself already, but uh, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> but when I hear you talk about your your parents and the construction company and grid life in general, all I really hear you say is I'm taking care of everyone and in my spare time i'm learning other ways to take care of people and if i had more energy i would take better care of more people um probably i mean that's probably a a bit accurate i don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing because it does like it is actually kind of like left to my own devices i would probably just clean up after my wife and daughter and my dog um and then not not to not know what to do with myself in the in the spare hours. Like if I didn't have any other projects or plans or jobs, I would just clean up after them because so, I like doing that. And that's that's like I come home, I clean up after them. They go they go to school forty minutes before I go to work, and I clean up the house and I do the dishes and all that stuff. Like so I the, like doing that. So. This is gonna kind of be in code for a lot of people, but there was that Enneagram book that I know yeah. you were reading through. Did you ever figure out what your dominant type it's been was? In a year, I don't remember, but I've got it sitting right here. The helper? Was that I believe you? so. I believe so. I talked to you about this one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a minute. 
um, yeah, I'm holding the book right now. The yeah, it, it was. I mean, it's it's definitely more of like a service and help life, which I mean, I I don't mind it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah. People the, don't. People also like seem to think that's crazy. Um, and I do some stuff for myself, sure. But. Yeah. Well, people who aren't type threes, Becky is a type three, also known as the helper. Yeah, um, I can see that totally. Yeah, this is not a personality typing thing. I just want to be clear. But it is hard for anyone else who is not that way to look at that and be like, well, you need to take care of yourself sort of thing. But like, at and there is that element that the helpers need to learn just to like long-term be healthy and functional people. But that is yeah. not like what fuels them. I, I, I could totally it, understand the, like the, it's hard to be good to myself. Like it's hard to take care of myself. Um, and not, and I'm not saying that in any kind of self-aggrandizing way, but like left to my own devices, I don't. And then there's, but, but there's this, like, there's this subconscious problem that, um, that does exist that I don't understand. Like, I, I can't like express what it is. Um, and maybe it's other stuff. Maybe it's like childhood abuse kind of things or whatever, but like also left to my own devices, like say everybody left in my entire life, I would drink myself to death in four days. Like if I didn't have anything to do, anybody to help, no jobs to do, I don't know what to do with myself. And mm -hmm. so that's the hole that I've been working myself out of is the taking care of yourself physically, mentally, um, uh, and like meditate meditation, like seems great, but I can't, I haven't found a way to do it. I also probably haven't given enough time to do it, but, um, clearing your head, like, I don't know. It kind of seems like it doesn't work. So when was the last time you were bored, Adam? Like I haven't been bored in 15, 20 years at least. And just to, and just to correct myself, I've been the helper is number two. Becky is a number three, which is a little different, but Becky's wing profile or like supporting cast is the helper. So yeah. Yeah. different but different but similar. And so I can what? relate a lot to it. I can relate a lot to Becky too. Uh, I can totally see how that works. We're similar in a lot of ways. And I think you're basically, you're the opposite, but with the same wing that you're a helper first and then you achieve second. Like that's kind of like your, your supporting cast. Probably the biggest problem right now for me is that so many people are looking to me for guidance and I'm not good at that. Like, I don't feel like I have the answers. I know how I would fix these things, but I can't lead people very well. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird, it sure. doesn't come naturally. I, I, I'm i way too self-sufficient because, you know, in construction, I've largely worked by myself for 20 years. But um, yeah, it, it's, uh, and it's not like I don't want people to help. I've gotten a lot better at delegating things. Um, but I'm still pretty bad at it. And it's sort of terrifying to think about like, eventually I'll probably just work at grid life and be in charge of people. 
Um, that's a really scary thing to my subconscious. Like on paper, it seems great. And like every time I go there, I'm like, wow, I'm way happier here. I should probably just do this. Um, but being I, in like, like having to lead people is, is not natural. I think there's an op that there's a potential that the reason why you don't feel like you are good is that you don't have the mental resources to be able to grow in different ways other than just sustaining the way that things have been going, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a thrash. Like you're, right. you're always, you're, you're treading you're always, water. You can't it, really learn. Like to, it, it, it feels like a, and I've never been a firefighter, but it feels like the world is on, like my world's always on fire. Except like really one of the most peaceful times is when I'm like doing a podcast and I've done like hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. And I think that's probably the reason I still like doing them is because I can't do anything else while I'm doing the podcast. So I just get to talk and hang out and think versus like my world is typically on fire. And so I'm the firefighter putting out the biggest fire and the next fire. And then there's more and more and it just never ends. And like the, you know, the postal worker conundrum of like the mail never stops. Right. So what would be your reaction, Adam, to actually letting people down? Uh, devastating. It would be a devastating feeling. I, the other day I screwed up. I was putting a shower door in the other day. Um, and I, I do shower doors for this local company I install. You know, they sell a lot of high-end stuff. And I install all their shower doors. And they have praised me for years about how I'm the only one who's never screwed anything up. And I'm the only one that everybody calls and says that, where'd you find him? He's the nicest guy. All this stuff. And so that feels good. But I screwed up. I was on a call talking about real life stuff. And this is a shower door that... I needed to put the vertical track on the left. And for some reason, I drilled a hole in the grout line on the right because I was looking at the instructions because they were, you know, it says reverse for this handing. And I'm just looking at the instructions, not thinking. And I'm I'm still devastated about like disappointing this customer. Like it is, it, it's such a terrible feeling. And it doesn't happen that often. Grout, not the tile. I didn't drill into the tile. I drilled in the grout. So it's fixable. And somebody else is going to have to fix it for me, who's a friend of mine. And I'm embarrassed by it. And like disappointing others and like just letting people down in general is that is a, that is like extremely uncomfortable. Well, I feel like we need to do proper therapy here. I'm like, I, oh, 100%. I just don't have any time. This is uh, I, I'm not looking for any kind of sympathy, but it, but it's extremely uncomfortable to to like let anybody down. No, like I want to I want to hug you gonna, right now. I'm just gonna we're see. talking like keep me awake for a week over like a <laughs> one freaking one eighth drill bit uh, through a grout line. I'm I'm just gonna suggest that saying that you're not asking for sympathy was a weird thing to volunteer. Um, you might want to dig. Well, well, I don't even like. I'm uncomfortable just talking about myself. I'm typically much more comfortable asking stuff oh, about. I, I know, but that's, motorcycles. But, 
that's such a typical like guy thing like yeah i've got these problems but yeah don't feel bad for me i'll just i'll pick up another 20 pound bag and put it on top of all these others and drag it along. it'll be fine i'm a guy i do yeah. shit yeah and that's probably part of the reason that like my my base instinct is to overeat which i have largely fixed in the past past two months by like cutting carbs out for the most part like i feel so much better uh, my cravings are, are low and stuff i'm working on some of that uh, exercising every day like is now like leveled me out mentally a lot more like a lot less like like highs and lows um but like my instincts are to like overeat and just like drink myself into a coma but then you can't work the next day so you're not allowed to do that either because you can't you can't wake up hungover because then you can't perform all right here's, <laughs> here's a question for you for seth too what's one thing coming up in the next six months that and adam may not have an answer to this that you are excited about doing or going to or something like that that you are not accountable to anyone else for something that you alone just childhood excitement are looking forward to doing right i don't know (laughs) what what'd you say i said Go ahead, sir. <laughs> no, prob- I don't have one. probably the the only thing, and I only really got this last summer is the first time I've had a thing that I really felt like was for me and and didn't matter is when I started doing like fairly long scooter trips um, up in the UP last summer, and it was because I only had one kid left at. Um, that I was taking care of only my youngest son was there and he wouldn't wake up because he's the best teenager he wouldn't wake up until like 12 30 or 1 he did stay up he'd stay up late reading books and he wouldn't wake up until afternoon and so I because I'm old now would wake up at like 5 30 in the morning when it's starting to get light in the UP in summertime and I'd eat breakfast and I'd put my gear on and I'd go ride my scooter and I would just be like I just gotta be home by about noon and these hours are my own and I can go wherever I want. And, and so for like five or six hours, I just get to do this thing. It's not with anybody else. And like racing was always with somebody else. And inevitably, like I always volunteered, you know, I was always doing tech or being safety chief or doing, you know, a, something i always volunteered for a job so i was always helping yeah. somebody and yeah seth, seth shows up at coda and i put him to work because he's like hey do you need any help <laughs> yeah it's so hard not to do that like it's been a struggle to go to grid life and like step off to the side and not help um because i do that anyway and so i've got like this one thing that doesn't affect anyone and I can't help anyone all I can do is do this thing that sort of play to me and I'm looking forward to doing that again this summer um because it'll be cool that does sound awesome that sounds awesome yeah. I I don't I don't have a I don't have a single version of that I don't have a single tiny bit of it I have the hope and ambition that I will take my car my race car which is still like street legal ish not by the letter of the law, but I can put a plate on it, and I have. Um, I have this like this 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 goal of just going to. Um, we've got some grid worker buddies, Andrew Bolheimer, Dale and Chapman, and uh, like they live near where there's a like pretty good cruise night, 
I have this goal of going to the Tuesday night, I think it's Tuesday night, maybe Thursday. It's one of the T's. Um, the Tinley Park cruise night. I have a goal of going to that, hanging out with those boys. I have a goal of going to some cars and coffees with it. Uh, it yes. It's a full, like a full, like 17 point cage race car. And like, yep. I don't have any, any hopes and dreams of racing. And I will, but I don't daydream about that. I daydream about just going to a cars and coffee or going to a cruise night with it. That's kind of the only thing. I don't know if it'll happen. It will, it should. I've done it before. Um, but like yep. those things, because I'm not doing, I'm not in charge of them or like a track day. Like a couple of years ago, you and I went to Scott, you and I went to a three balls racing day, like in 2020. Yeah. It was, uh, first one anywhere in the Midwest right after COVID. Yeah. It was the, like, we were all worried that the cops are going to show up at Ginger. Yeah. Um, and, and that was like, I literally drove the race car there just to like have the experience of it. Like like an hour and a half, two hours, and I I look back on the video of that, like, and I think about that day, and it wasn't anything special. I was just driving around a mediocre mid-pack TLTC car. I did a couple of podcasts, uh, hung out with you and Becky, and it was fine. But like, it was one of my favorite days because I didn't have I didn't have to do anything, and I just got to do. Things. Yeah, there's there's definitely some there's. There's a lot to be said for being unburdened um, and un like just being able to explore and have some of that. Yeah. Get on your scooter before your kid wakes up. <laughs> it sounds awesome. Yeah. We need to uh, aspire to be like Seth in that way. Well, yeah. I think sometimes you don't realize you need those things until you stumble into them. And then, like you say, you're like, that was the greatest day ever i remember and, like i remember loading up at 4 30 in the morning like throwing crap in my car being like sure it would be nicer if i wasn't doing this stupid racetrack crap <laughs> and then getting on the highway and being like i love this i mean it's like even the partial throttle wasn't even that well tuned at the time it was a supercharged single cam at the time like it wasn't that good of a street car and i'm like this is the best uh, it was such an adventure, like because yep. I, I thought I could totally break down. I'm in a clutch type diff, like close ratio trans, high strung, you know, stock bottom end motor, uh, and I, like yeah, I could have done some sessions and like that. I could have just had to leave that thing at Gingerman and figured it out, and that was so exciting, so exciting. It was so fun, and so it was just like it was chill too. And that was right after it was like. Probably May, maybe. It was around the lockdown bull crap time. And yeah, everybody was just like, I was so excited to see my friends for the first time in like five months. Yeah. I think that's a probably a good place to end a podcast or two. Yeah, go, do, go, go do fun stuff. Yeah. But go, I, I, go think I think the important thing, and we, you know, Seth and I have talked about it enough on our own, like, my impetus for getting the Miata in the first place and driving it and eventually racing it was because I wasn't accountable to anybody else. Like it was a thing only for me. I didn't have to answer to anyone. And it's, yeah. it has slowly migrated away from that. And as I asked that, I was hearing Seth's scooter example and trying to think like, what, what do I do that I don't 
feel like I'm accountable to anyone else, but right now it does feel like everything has a deadline that yeah. I'm doing this thing because these other guys are also doing it. And I don't think I have a great answer for my own question. Um, I think part part of that is the reason that I probably didn't do any wheel to wheel this year. And I was a little bummed at the end of the year that I had not raced GLPC this year because I had previously raced in every season, at least a little bit. Um, but it was like every time I was going to an event, it just didn't feel like the car was ready. And I, I was not willing to like ruin my, my like day to day life in order to make that happen. Right. And then the car is ready now. And now I don't feel like I need to. Um, I don't feel like I need to do that that race thing as much. But when I do, maybe it will feel right. I, I don't know how to express that exactly, but like once I do once I do get you know lined up in grid after qualifying, uh, maybe it will feel more right than it ever has because I'm not forcing it. And I Part of the reason I have not sold the race car, because I could probably sell this stupid thing for a bunch of money if I made an effort to do it, um, is because it, it is still that like last piece of, of, I bought it when I was 19 or 18, I forget. Um, but I've owned it for over 20 years. And it's that last piece of that part of my life when there were no responsibilities and when you could like daydream uh, and like build towards your goals. I mean, you can still do that, but like it felt like everything was a daydream, uh, and everything was fun. Whenever I got in this car, you know, it was it was just like lowered on lowering springs, like with crappy wheels from Tire Rack or Craigslist or whatever eBay. Uh, I bought, you know, I I was always changing something. It was like the it was the palette for expressing expressing my passion for the hobby. Yep, um, and. If I, I feel like if I sold it, I would be, I feel like there wouldn't be anything left of me. And so, so it's still around. And yeah. Let me, maybe we can end the podcast here, but I think one of the better questions. We're never ending this podcast. I've, <laughs> I've, um, I've asked one of my friends is um, good buddy of mine who I haven't seen in a while, but uh, I still consider him a good friend was Gabe. Um, oh yeah kind of came up through HPD with me. Uh, Gabe Hammers, I've known Gabe since 2001. Yep. Uh, he ended up buying Badger, which is a old white CRX. And you yep. raced it, I think, once. One um, weekend. Yep. One weekend. And then, you know, he had some life shifts that kind of put it on the back burner. And I remember him coming up to our house one day over a weekend and you know we sat down just got to talking and stuff and and you know he was just like yeah i have this you know this card like it's it's cool but it's like just i don't know kind of what the plans are and you know it I, as i was hearing him say all this it kind of hit me that the question i ended up asking him was can you picture what gabe would be like without a race car and his answer was no. And then I said, when you know what that looks like, you'll probably be ready to let it go. And yeah, you know, I, think, I think it was like another two years. Oh, yeah. yeah. That conversation. But he didn't even sell it. He gave it he away. Gave, 
gave it uh, away to another good buddy, which is good to keep in the family. But he finally got to the point where you know he knew what was on the other side. Seth and I have long said that when uh, we just recently put into words, but when we give up this podcast, it won't be because we got tired of it. It will be because we have a better idea. Something to do with this time. Yeah. I, I don't want to picture myself without a race car. I don't think I will. I choose not to. Um, <laughs> And, not, and that's not like we're that's not rebelling against like the picture yourself without it but i also like i can daydream about like the not having the responsibility of like oh i should probably make that car run sure um, but i hadn't started this car since mid-ohio last year um which was middle early august um i drove it at mid-ohio a little bit uh i hadn't started it and I've been like for the past like several, I got a battery tender, you know, I put non-ethanol fuel in and I'm like trying to make sure that it's not a problem. Uh, and Sunday I got in the car and I was like, all right, let's go. Let's see if it runs. Um, I fired right up like a champ. And I instantly, I was so, I mean, it was like enough joy just driving around the block twice after it rained. So there's no salt on the ground. It was enough joy driving around the block twice that I thought, well, I'm glad that's occupying a giant chunk of my soul, my, my mental capacity, because there is a, there's something like, yeah. I probably have a deeper connection with this car than like most people have with any physical item, you know, like it's a stupid long-term relationship, but also like, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a, like, not to say it, I couldn't exist without it. If I bend it and throw it away, like crashed it into a wall, it'd be fine. Like I wouldn't like lose my mind, but it's, uh, it's, uh, it is good that it's around and it's a big part of like my life. Like it's, it, it's the car that I met Chris with my partner for life. It's the car that I met all my other friends with for the most part. I wouldn't have my life. I probably wouldn't even be with my wife if I hadn't crashed my other civic the day that I crashed it. And a couple days later, she hit me. She was, you know, we'd gone to grade school together. And she texted me or hit me up on AOL Instant Messenger, like asking about, like, are you okay? I heard you were in a car crash. Um, I probably wouldn't be back with my wife after if, like, if I hadn't been in into these dumb little cars. Like they, it's just, it's just, it just is part of life. It doesn't have to be this negative. I think it's just a thing. It's just part of it, and I'm glad it's around. Thanks for time. I'm rambling. <laughs> no. I need to go speaking of sitting on the couch and watching a show with your uh, significant other. I'll bet you we said hi. Yeah, I will. Thanks for, thanks for talking, buddy. Thanks you guys. And uh, sure if, if Abe, if Abe ever gets back from the computer, I love you. Thanks he'll, for he'll, he'll hit stop <laughs> on your end and it'll, it'll be fine. It'll be, so we have four hour podcast. On this yeah. I don't, better. I think the Venn diagram of our two shows is really our small circle with totally within the slip angle, large circle. I don't think anyone who listens to track walking doesn't listen to slip angle. But if you, if you happen to be that unicorn, uh, go maybe go listen to slip angle. Or or if, if if you're listening to ours and you have not uh, hung out with these nerds in your earbuds, you should probably try that too nerds for sure some, some yeah. of my favorite people i appreciate you guys yeah 
All right. Well, I'm going to hit the stop record thing and uh, we'll uh, not going to do the outro because we're uh, apparently not doing that today. Well, we could. Abe's gone. We could just outro it. And oh, yeah. Screw Abe. Screw Abe. So, yeah, that was really loud. But, um, yeah. So I'll say things and stuff about going away. But really, for the four of us, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And I'm AJ, or whatever you want to call me today. (laughs) And for Abe, we'll talk to you next week. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello. Hello.